is in the building. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cho Show Podcast here on SolveReport.com. I am your host, J.D. Smooth. And, uh, you know, I, I, but before I start, really, I just want to say two things that I got correct about last week's episode. Uh, number one is, is still, I have not figured this team out after this game. I had said, you know, uh, that I highly doubt the homecoming game is going to tell us anything different about this team. And, um, you know, two uh, was that this, I believe, the Fort Hayes State game might have been the breakout game that Mikhail Hall needed because Mikhail Hall had another strong game uh, Saturday. And um, so uh, before I get into uh, the game, really, um, as, as promised, I do have uh, sound bites from head coach uh, Nick Bobek. And so uh, here is his opening statement. challenging week for our football team um, more so mentally uh, than it was anything just because you know coming off of uh, such a such a good win against Northwest Missouri and then we had a you know we really played flat uh, against Fort Hayes and, and uh, you know we really challenged our kids all week this week to, to, to find consistency you know and uh, and you know, at times, you know, in that game, it was inconsistent. You know, it was just the, the ebbs and flows of the football game. I think the second half was pretty consistent. You know, I think I think there was consistent effort. I think there was consistent physicality. You know, obviously the first half, you know, we, we jump out to a big lead and then and then we let them back in. And, um, you know, it's, it's a... Uh, it's kind of that, that old saying that you never go broke picking up change. And sometimes, you know, in the first half, you just got to take what they give you in that second quarter. And we didn't do that. Um, you know, we weren't consistent with our eyes on the defensive side of the ball, gave up a, a double move on a, on, a, on a chunk play. And that kind of started the ball rolling downhill. And, and we've got we've to have a little bit more intestinal fortitude than what we did uh, to be able to, uh, to overcome some challenges like that. But challenged them at halftime to, to come out and play the game the way that they, they know how to play the game. And, uh, and they did a good job with it. And I was really proud of them. They found a way to grit it out. And, you know, Eli Hooks at the end of that football game with two sacks, you know, he's, he's you know, he, he's a proven point that he's, a, he's as, as consistent a kid as, as we have in our program. He's not the most talented kid. But, but he is consistent over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And he's a day-to-day kid. And uh, he found a way to, to come up with two big sacks to end the football game. And uh, it was huge. 
So as you can tell, it was definitely a pretty exciting game. Uh, if you all missed it, you missed a great game. Uh, you know, uh, as I mentioned, it, it was 23-0 to zero early in that uh, first quarter. Um, you know, he still came out extremely strong. You know, the they, they first, I think the first, the first shocker was... Uh, when the starting lineups were uh, announced on the um, big board, uh, that that it was it was Will Collins getting getting me started quarterback, and so my my first uh, you know my my first thought was well maybe maybe after that rough game against uh, Fort Hayes that they had decided to go uh, with Will Collins over Chandler Garrett, but uh, I later learned that Chandler Garrett was actually banged up in that Fort Hayes State game and had did not start throwing until Thursday, so that, that's why they went with Will Collins, and Will Collins though, I mean, you know, we're, we're, talking, we're talking about a guy here who at one point I believe was leading the race to start uh, and then fell down to third string, but uh, again, just like uh, Chandler Garrett did two weeks ago, had a great first career start, um, going 18-24 for 268 yards and two touchdowns, uh, and then also running for 62 yards and one touchdown, so... uh, Pretty pretty big game there from uh, Will Collins in his in his first career start, and here's what Coach had to say about him. You know, and Will stepped up today. You know, Will stepped up today when he was needed, and uh, it speaks to his character and what type of kid he is. And um, it started moving for him a little bit fast um, there in the second quarter, and it moved a little bit fast for him. It had a couple of instances in the second second half as well but you know we found a way you know we got we had to get on him a couple of times there's two 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 plays in particular in the second quarter that that uh, just drove me nuts where he didn't go and pick up first downs there's a scramble play and then there was a, a full read um that there was a there was a second and one football play that he didn't find a way to just get the first down he ran out of bounds and it just drove me absolutely nuts uh, but, you know, he came back in the second half and he found a way and, and uh, you know, he, he gritted it out no different than so it'll it'll definitely be interesting to uh, see who they trot out there uh, against uh, Missouri Western this weekend. I'm definitely curious to uh, see who gets he started there. Uh, and then you know uh, another thing that he also mentioned in that opening statement was Clint Kinsey, who is another guy I talked about last because I said you know I'm feeling kind of bad for Clay. Uh, you know this is his his final year, and uh, I think. He had 107 yards through the first four games, and uh, in, in the first four or five games, and I was, you know, I, I kept saying that it, the blocking is there. I know Clem Kennedy can can get that uh, in one game, and he did just that uh, Saturday. Uh, running, I mean, just tough runs. I mean, broke numerous tackles. Uh, had 27 carries for 154 yards, one touchdown, a 5.7 yards carry. Uh, again, it, it took multiple meals to, to get him down. Uh, I, I know there was, there, was, there was one play in particular where he trucked over two guys at the same time. Uh, really impressive stuff right there. Um... But again, you know, Clay, as, as I have mentioned in that in that very first podcast, uh, 
big physical back uh, definitely runs low to the ground uh, doesn't go down on first contact often and, and so uh, I definitely was glad that uh, he you know that he finally had that, that breakout game that I was hoping that he would have um, you know, so so uh, you know, I'm 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 glad I'm glad for Clay, and this is what Coach had to say about Clay. The grinder, he's just a grinder. He's been a grinder his whole career here, and he's a he's a consistent dude. He's always he's always physical. He always shows up. He's always on time. Hey, it's never a you know you don't have to worry about Clay. You know, he's one of those guys that you know he's going to show up. He's going to do his work, and you know, and that's. That shows up in, the, in, in, his, in his line today. You see it the way he he ran he ran the football out there. It was physical. There was multiple football plays where you know he, he just ran through tackles. You know he, he's dragging people for extra yards, and those are energy football plays. Those are energy football plays. Uh, and then to round out the. Uh Offense and pretty much the uh, sound bites. Um, again, the 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 full uh, press conference. We have video this time. We have video this time. I was able uh, to upload the video to my computer. Uh, I I had been doing and trying to do it in all these roundabout ways uh, when the quick wave was right in front of me the whole time. So thankfully, I got that figured out. So no more just audio recording of the of the actual press conference. Uh, we have video of the press conference, and I do want apologize in advance for that video it is it is kind of shaky it is, it is slightly off center um because i was trying to balance the other my, my, my other iphone uh i use to uh just record audio so i was trying to balance that on my thigh while also trying to hold uh the the other iphone that i recorded the uh the the, the, press, the press conference on steady and while also trying to balance my notebook that had stats and questions because there was a couple of questions um, that I, I did not want to forget to ask coach uh, and so it's kind of shaky it's kind of off center I apologize I will definitely do a better job of that uh, next time because um, I, I will have my questions pretty much pretty much memorized uh, or I'll just set it down somewhere else on the chair next to me uh, so we don't we don't have that problem but again uh, the full press conference I believe it was about nine minutes is uh Will, will, will be below uh, on this on the, on this page. So uh, again, if you want to hear the, the, the full uh, press conference, uh, there there were some things there that uh, that I did not pull from. Um, so uh, I definitely will check that out. But to round it out, um, you know, I I do I do need to give here a shout out. I mentioned him in the opener here, Kale Hall. You know, I'm kind of critical of Kale Hall. Uh, in previous podcasts because again uh, I had heard such great things about him I know coach was high on him uh, and he had just not produced uh, up to that point I think he had one catch in the first three or four games um, and so you know I, I was 
kind of crippled the guy. Like, hey, you know, this is this is a dude again in that inner squad scrimmage that I thought could could really make uh, make an impact, and it, it just was not happening. But again, as I also mentioned in the in the opener here uh, that that last week when he had three catches for fifty six yards, I believe, I said, hey, maybe 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 this is what he needs to get going. And uh, apparently, uh, I must have been somewhat correct there um, because if he had eight catches for 116 yards. I, I have to say, I was really impressed uh, by uh, Mikael Hall. Um, you know, I, I was, I was, I was. I mean, the guy was getting open. Uh, I mean, the, the, the guy is good. Like Mikael Hall is good, and and you know, I, again, I, I thought that that the reason why. Uh, you know, he had that breakout game uh, Saturday was because of the momentum that he had uh, coming off the Fort Hayes State game. But Coach uh, had a different reason for why Mikhail, uh, for Mikhail Hall's recent recent success. We'll start to now. Habits. You know, man, it's kind of a theme here, and I understand that, and it's kind of boring. Uh, but the consistent practice habits, you know, he, he has practiced better. Uh, than the other guys at that position, and uh, you know the the one play, you know the big one in the second quarter that could have been a touchdown. You know it is what it is, but he responded. He responded in the in the, in the uh, fourth quarter with a huge catch on a third and eight. Um, you know he, he found a way to to put stuff behind him and, and go compete. He is an extremely talented kid. Uh, he is highly, highly, highly talented kid. He has to learn consistency. He has to learn what day-to-day work is. And, and he's got to learn, learn that quarterbacks trust the people who are where they're supposed to be. And when they can just throw it to a spot and, and trust that he's going to be there, then they've got a chance. And, uh, and, and he's so talented that it just takes care of itself. Yeah, so, you know... Uh... I guess practice. I guess practice makes perfect. Um, so you know, again, overall, a strong game from the from the uh, Bronco offense here. 483 yards. Uh, this is the first time all season that they ran for over 200 yards uh, in the in a game. So definitely was a strong showing from the offense. Uh, defensively. Um, I need to give a shout out. Uh, Coach mentioned in the uh, opening statement, uh, opening statement there, and I have mentioned uh, this man now numerous times on, on my podcast. Um, a friend of mine uh, definitely was one of the first friends um, that I met when I first got to, to campus. Uh, that is that's my man Eli Hooks right here, uh, the senior coming in clutch right there with back to back sacks. Uh, you know, it, it could not have happened to a better guy uh you know i mentioned eli's story here before on the podcast he had some some struggles early in his uh in in his career he has since turned it around uh and it is now um you know a a a key part of of the defense and definitely a leader on on and off the field for the team and i I could not be happier for him the the the, you know the the back-to-back sacks could not have gone uh to a better guy and again eli if you are listening uh if you are listening by by uh my chance here man again really proud of you uh you know i i hope that um 
know that you'll be able to remember this moment fondly for years to come and uh you know that that you continue to have a, a great season because this because this now gives eli three and a half sacks in the past two games uh so uh, clearly eli's level play right now um is is very strong uh, I, I can say Got the rest of the defensive line. Uh, also did a a, a solid job. Um, you know, again, only two sacks, but uh, you know, they 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 forced um, UCM court. Uh, uh, quarterback Jeremy Hunt uh, out of the pocket a lot. Uh, you know, punt. I mean, Hunt. Uh, you know, was 18 of 40 for 291 yards and no touchdowns. A lot of that can be credited to the pass rush, um, forcing him out of the out of the pocket here. Uh, and UCL also did a good job here of limiting Hunt to under his season average by nine yards. So, uh, you know, that that's always good. No, no, to that, by, by more than nine yards because um, UCM came averaging 343 passing yards a game, which was first in the conference. So they did a heck of a job back there. And, and again, uh, the uh, secondary, uh, I, I know as Coach mentioned also in the opening statement there, they they, they, they gave up uh, some big plays in coverage. Uh, you know, I, that was probably was, was, was going to happen. Um, but again, did an overall uh, solid job back there. Um, um, you know, uh, I think it, it tests you that when three of your top four tacklers were defensive backs, uh, uh, O'Shea Harris had seven, uh, Malik Walker had five, and uh, Dion Holman had four. So, again, a very solid game from the secondary. Um, you know, uh, it was just it was just a weird game, uh, just from the from the flow of it, just um, because again as I mentioned, UCO came out there and dominated. Uh, you know, Will, Will Collins on his first uh, on his first two drives. Uh, Score touchdowns. Uh, he had scored his, his first career touchdown on a 48-yard yard run on a uh, option keeper. There, I did not know that Will Collins was that fast, but Will Collins, uh, man, has some wheels. Uh, and then he hit Ronald Monroe, and Ronald Monroe is a guy that I also was so critical of here. Um, but you know, Ronald Monroe is a guy that seems to not make a lot of catches, but when he does, they are for big games because. Uh, he had he had a one catch uh, Saturday for 59 yards that went for a touchdown. So so Ronald Monroe here uh, definitely has big play ability. Uh, so that's always good, um, you know. And and uh, you know and then they got a safety on a uh, bad snap. They were they were able to get down there and get the safety. Made it 23 to zero at the end of that first quarter, and, and you, you know, I was sitting, I was like, man, like we're in for a great homecoming right right now. We already got 20 points on the on on the on the board here. It's gonna be smooth sailing from here on out. And then to to UCM's credit, you know, they they didn't fold. You know, they 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 didn't fold. They came uh, rolling back, pretty much going 26 uh, straight points. Um, Step standing from the second quarter from, from 9.56 in, in the second quarter until 
12.03 in the fourth when uh, Collins hit Justin Curry um, for a for a two-yard touchdown uh, to reclaim the uh, lead uh, because at that point it was 26 to 23 and to say that there was some some concern there would be an understatement uh, I for one was somewhat nervous I was like hey come on now I mean we, we had 23 to 0 lead here that's, that's not bonus on 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 homecoming and again uh Two of the two of the teams credit there, you know, they they didn't get too down on themselves, you know, they they they, they came back and scored the last uh, ten points of, of the of the ball game there to get the win, uh, you know, defensively uh, on that final drive for UCM, you know. Um, I know they had at least three chances to get off the field earlier. Um, you know, but but uh, he, but to, to UCM's credit, they, they came up clutch on on some third down conversions, and then one on a fourth down conversion. Um, Hunt uh, got loose and ran for the for the for the for the for the first down. But to me, UCM's play calling down the stretch, I think, hurt them because after they got the first down, I believe they called a timeout then, and then they came out and ran the ball. And uh, they didn't call their last timeout because because they only had two timeouts left. So I uh, so they called the timeout before the fourth down play, which is which is you know I, I I do get that, but then you come and then you run the ball on the next play, and then you have to bring your last timeout. Was that making any sense to me? Because it, you were down at that point by two score. No, you were, I mean you were, you were down by a touchdown, but you still want to. I would still have tried to say that touchdown there. I mean that timeout there, but they they burned the timeout, and so when uh, when Eli got that first sack, uh, you know they they it was well I mean one it was it was third down, and so then they had to try to hurry up, get up to the line of scrimmage, and get the playoff. So uh, which they which they did, and then Eli proceeded to get the the next sack, and then and pretty much to end the end the game there, but. Uh, yeah, again, it was it was definitely a pretty a pretty dicey uh, ending there. But again, um, I think this really sold the character uh, and fight of this team. I mean, I I feel like, you know, I, I feel like that that there's a there's a lot of situations this season so far uh, that this team really could have. Uh, could have faltered. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, I mean, you you were, you were coming off of a uh, disappointing shutout loss to Fort Hayes, and then you came out and, and pretty much just dominated in that in that first quarter. Uh, you know, it, it's it's one of these things where I, where, you know, while you can't figure this team out, uh, I can't figure it out. Um, you know, I think the only thing at this point that's holding UCO back, I, I believe, from making a run, a push, uh, at a bowl here, is is them is just themselves. Because if they can if they can ever be consistent uh, through 
you know, I, I was gonna say just from game to game, but now apparently it's just gonna be from through all four quarters here. I mean, this is a solid ball club. We're, we're talking about a team here that pretty much uh, dominated uh, the number four team in the in the country. Uh, you know, th- that again can like, like that that again right there. I think that in the first in the first quarter of Saturday's game, I think can show. The full potential of of this of this of this team uh, when they put it together, and their, their problems they, they they just have not been able to put together consistently enough, um, you know, to to really sustain momentum. Now, I mean, they are three and three right now, so you know, there's still that chance. You know, I mean, uh, I, I like to think that. Um, Again, I, I don't know. I'm hoping that they can put back-to-back games together um, because I feel like that would be huge, uh, especially from a consistency standpoint um, because they have not uh, been able to do that. Um, so, you know, again, Saturday was definitely a very... Uh, you know, it, it was it was it was another action pack. You know, I'm telling you, but if you if you've not been to a game uh, at Watton Stadium, I strongly I strongly advise uh, that that you uh, that you do that because I mean the games are exciting. It's it's a, it's a it's a it's a very exciting brand of football. Um, you know, there's there's offense in there. I mean, if you like if you like offense, UCL's got the offense there. Now we've proven here with three different quarterbacks, the offense is uh, is effective. Um, you know, if, if if you like if you like uh, you know defense, uh, you know, I can I can tell you that the that defense is significantly better. Uh, then the Big Twelve there. Um, you know, if 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 uh, if you if you just if you're just a fan of uh, you know local high school football, then you definitely want to come out to a UCO game because the roster is loaded with local talent. Um, and 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 so again, you know, I mean, it's good football. It's it's good football, local football. Local guys, you know, Will Collins from Lawton, uh, Mikhail Hall is from, you know, John John Marshall, Eli Hooks, I believe, is from Deer Creek. So, you got three guys that made key, that were key contributors to the win today um, that are Oklahoma natives. Uh, then you look at uh, O'Shea Harris. I believe O'Shea Harris is, is from Long Grove. I believe Malik Walker is from Spiral. You know, then you got, you know, uh, Dustin Bosk. Dustin Bosk is from Claremore. So again, a, a lot of the guys that you see out there flying around making plays are local guys, and uh, you know again it's it's a, it's a it's a very good brand of brand of football, and so uh, again if you have not uh, gone to see them yet this season, I I strongly advise uh, that you do. Um, now moving on to next week's uh, this week's opponent, um, they play Missouri Western, uh, who was four and two on the season. Um, they're coming off a thirty-three to ten win over Missouri Southern. I don't, I, I don't know how this is working because I'm pretty sure five out of the six games this year, uh, the opponent has played Missouri Southern the week the week before. I just kind of find that you know funny how that always happens. Um, 
But you know, uh, Missouri, Missouri uh, Southern. Just looking at the stats here, um, you know, there there are some 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 things here that I definitely feel like uh, UCO should be able to to exploit here. Um, uh, one, I'm looking at the first downs, and Missouri Western had 17 to Missouri Southern 16. So. If we look last week, UCO won the first down, uh, won, uh, lost the first down battle by only one, 21 to 20. Uh, so that's an area there because, um, you know, they were able, you know, because UCO was able to win the time of possession battle by uh, almost five minutes, uh, pretty, pretty much, pretty much uh, four minutes and 56 seconds. Uh, they had more than Missouri did, um, so you know that's that's always key. You know, I mean the uh, the more your offense is on is on the field, you know, the less their offense is on the field. Um, and then from a third down standpoint, too, uh, Missouri Southern held Missouri Western to three of eleven on third down. So uh, I mean, the Missouri Southern was able to get off the field. Uh, now again. Um, you know, uh, last week UCO was able to get off the field too. Um, Central Missouri was four of thirteen on third downs and two of four on fourth downs. So, and uh, so again, you know, the 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 defense while giving up what four hundred thirty-seven yards was still able to get off the field. Uh, you know, they were still able to get the ball back to the offense. Uh, and again. Um, no, that that's that's something there where if 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 a winless Missouri Southern team was able to get them off the field, I I know that that, that UCO can definitely get them off the field. Um, so those those are those are some areas there. I think that they they can definitely uh, win the battle in. Um, look, looking at Missouri Western, uh, they come in averaging thirty points points per game, uh, 224.7 rushing yards and five and a half yards of yard yards a carry, uh, 182 passing yards a, a game, um, and 406.7 total yards of offense a game. Uh, now just just looking at when I looked at the individual stats, it appears to me that they're one of these spread option teams similar to Pitt State, who is still undefeated on the season right now. So actually, that 21-7 loss in opener is not looking as bad as it originally had uh, thought. Um, and then, you know, Kearney also ran the spread option too. So um, I believe Missouri Southern is one of these teams, that, uh, Missouri Western, excuse me, is one of these teams that also runs the spread option, just looking at their, uh, at their individual stats of the players um they have now Missouri Missouri Western does though average 108 penalty yards a game so that that is definitely uh, an area there where it especially the, the penalty penalties can kill you I, I don't care how good you are penalties can can kill you and 108 yards of penalties uh, is a lot of yards for, like a game 
I mean, you know, like some teams don't even have have that much through four or five games, but the Missouri Westerns averaging that a game. So that, that definitely is something to keep an eye on. Um, they have also fumbled the ball nine times this season uh, and lost five of them. So in six games, they've already lost nine fumbles. Uh, that again, that there's another area there. Uh, UCO again um, on the one fumble last week, they were able to recover it for a for for a safety. So uh, you know again, that's another area to 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 keep uh to, to, uh, to keep an eye on. Um, and they are 42 percent on third downs. Uh, and now defensively. Um, they have 12 sacks on the season and 10 interceptions. So, um, defense is definitely stingy. Uh, they're only allowing 20.8 points per game, uh, 111.8 rushing yards a game, only 3.2 yards per carry. Uh, now, they are, however, allowing 255.5 passing yards a game, uh, 7.1 yards a pass. So, uh, that is a, that so to me that's probably going to be the area here where UCO can definitely exploit that. And I know they have ten picks on the season here, but um, you know I I I definitely feel like whoever they they start out there, whether it be Chandler Garrett or Will Collins, um, is more than capable. Uh, I I believe of of um. Making making plays through the air, especially if Kill Hall uh, continues his strong play, um, and then they're allowing three hundred sixty-seven point three yards a game. Uh, they have been sacked on the year five times and have thrown two interceptions. Uh, so you know, um, so again, the the passing game here seems to definitely be uh, Missouri Western's weak point here. Um, and then I even went next level on stats here by looking at the scores by quarter. In uh, the first quarter, Missouri Western has outscored opponents 45 to 28. So the second quarter has been dead even at 36 each. The third quarter is uh, where opponents have outscored them 41 to 33. And then the fourth quarter, Missouri Western has outscored opponents 66 to 20. So to me, the key area there for UCO is going to be the second and third quarters because that is that's where um, it seems like you can take the lead. So to me, they can keep it close in that first quarter, um, and then turn in you know uh, the second and third really put the foot down. Uh, you know, then it's going to make it hard in the fourth because in the fourth right now, they're scoring their opponents by 46 points. Not necessarily sure that um, I, I I really want that to be close heading into the fourth. Uh, we'll try to take care of that uh, in the second and third and third quarter. Um, now again, um, you know, UCO's ability to get off to quick starts. I, re- I I strongly believe that they can do that. Uh, 
once again, it's going to just be how they how they finish because it's been seen now. You know, uh, this is at least two games that that I personally have have have, have seen where you know they had they had big 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 leads and then they kind of you know kind of started letting it falter. Uh, so it's definitely going 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 to be even even more imperative here that if they get a big lead that they keep the lead. Um, and then some key players for Missouri Western, uh, their, their quarterback, uh, Dom Marino. I, I don't think I don't think it's how I say it, but I'm going to score with that. Dom Marino, uh, 6'2", 200 pounds senior, uh, has thrown for 292 yards, seven touchdowns, two picks, 58.2% completion percentage, um, and has also ran for 320 yards and three touchdowns. Is their third leading rusher, averaging 5.5 yards per carry. Um, again, I mentioned that they run uh, what I believe they run is spread option. Again, just looking at the uh, stats will lead me to believe that um, they have a three-headed backfield, or really, really, really two-headed. Um, I put down a third guy because he has 100 yards on the season, but they top two backs. Uh, Shamar Griffiths, 5'7", 150 sophomore, has 52 carries for 394 yards and two touchdowns on the season, um, averaging 7.6 yards per carry. Uh, and then James Bailey Jr., 6'5", 205, I mean, six foot two hundred five. Versus freshman from Western Illinois transfer uh, has 64 carries for 385 yards and three touchdowns with six yards per carry and then the and then and then the third back I mentioned was Derek Gray Jr. Uh, 5'10", 195 senior has 39 carries for 166 yards and one touchdown on the season so um, none of these backs average more than 65 yards a game so it's telling me that they definitely spread it around. Um, but again, both affected backs here, both averaging, uh, you know, 7.6 and 6 yards of carry, especially there. That's, you know, every two carries is the first down. So that's, nothing, that's, that's definitely nothing to uh, scoff at there. Um, and then when they do this, um, decide the pass, uh, their top two receivers stat-wise, uh, Keelan Mack, 5'10", 180, senior, two, uh, 21 catches for 230 yards, two touchdowns, 11 yards of catch. And then Eliza Cunningham, a 6'2", 200-pound senior, 15 catches for 166 yards, uh, no touchdowns, and that was 11.1 yards of catch. Uh, and then their third receiver, well, he hasn't done a whole lot. Well, I mean, he does have uh, eight catches for 135 yards and one touchdown, averaging almost 17 yards of catch. That is of last chance you, season three fame, Carlos Thompson, uh, 5'9", 185. I was really hoping that, 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 that this would be a home game this year so I could see Carlos Thompson in, uh, uh, in, in action, but it was a road game. But Carlos Thompson... Um, you know, I think he missed their their, their first game, but uh, you know, clearly he averaged almost 17 yards a catch. Uh, Carl Thompson is, is is if you if you watched Last Chance U, you know that Carlos Thompson is indeed a very talented player. Uh, he also is their leading kick returner here, uh, seven or seven returns for 136 yards and 19.4 yards a, a return. So not only can Carlos Thompson affect you at pass. 
pass game, but it can also affect you in the return game as uh, as well. Uh, that is definitely somebody you is going to have to keep uh to keep to keep an eye on because um. I noticed, especially during that Kearney game, whenever Kearney did go to the pass, um, it was really effective. Uh, they 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 had a lot of deep shots there. Um, they picked in on, on on a lot of passes. I believe the QB was like six of eight, but most of them were big chunk plays. Um, so it's definitely going to be interesting now to 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 see. Um, how the pass defense does, and they they have made changes in the secondary since that game. So um, I'm definitely interested to uh, see how that fares against another spread 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 awesome team. And then uh, at tight end is Luke Vang, uh, 6'3", 230 pound junior, has nine catches for 146 yards, uh, two touchdowns and 16.2 yards a catch. So again, it seems like your typical spread awesome team that you should have seen where not a lot of, of, of passing yards, but when they go to the air, um, it is definitely effective. Uh, so, you know, again, I like to think here if you're UCO, again, defensively now, you have seen two spread option teams. Uh, you know, I think you know at this point uh, that you got to just expect to pass. You got to you gotta be able to uh, defend the pass there. Um, you know, you, you can't get caught looking in the, in the uh, backfield there because Kearney ran a lot of uh, fake option passes and that, that seemed to have caught uh, that, that caught UCL at least a couple of times so um, I would like to think though by now that uh, defensive coordinator Russ, Russ Pickett and the rest of the staff will make necessary adjustments there I'm definitely expecting a better game uh, than the first two when they put option now, granted against uh, Pitt State with a very strong uh, defensive effort in that in the, in that game, uh, but the, but the current game to me defensively was it was was disappointing. Um, I like to think that they're gonna come out come out come out there again. Uh, hopefully do what they do what they do again uh, do what they did against Pitt, Pitt State um, because they really pretty much shut down Pitt State's offense. Um, and so I'm hoping that this good thing can happen this Saturday. Uh, and now defensively for the for Missouri Western, uh, they are led in the secondary by two defensive backs. Uh, Brandon Dandridge, 5'10", 180-pound senior, leads the team with four interceptions. Uh, has uh, 10 tackles, 11 pass deflections. And then where he really makes another impact is in the return game. Uh, 14 punt returns for 226 yards and one touchdown. So definitely guy here I would avoid punting to. Um, if you do point to, pump out to him. Make sure that you wrap him up because uh, he definitely seems to be a guy that can really flip a game for you, can uh, flip the field position, and, and definitely might have an impact in this game, the other the other defensive back is Jabbar Miles, 5'10", 185-pound senior, uh, second on the team with three interceptions and has 30 tackles. So, um, 
you know, secondary for Missouri Western here, they got two guys combined for seven interceptions. Um, so definitely the quarterbacks are going to have to be on their on their A game. But again, I feel like UCO can get it done through the air. They have they have they've got it done through uh, through the air now. Um, often uh, this season, it's just. Um, you know, it's just, it's going to be just come down to decision making. Uh, you know, what 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 you know, well, what calls decision making look look good? I mean, you know, I mean the guy only 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 missed uh, four passes the whole game, and I know two of them were dropped, so he only missed two the whole game really. Um, so again, and then you know Chandler Garrett in that uh, Northwest Missouri State game also uh, I think only missed like six passes. So the quarterbacks have proven that they're capable of making good decisions. Uh, they will definitely need to do that again this week. Uh, and then in the linebacking core, they have two linebackers: one Anthony Williams, uh, 6'2", 215-pound junior, is a leading tackler with foot for tackles. Also has one one forced fumble and then James Husky 6'5 225 pound senior second on the team with 36 tackles three and a half for loss and one interception and then uh, up front uh, Tyler Bosca, 6'4", 200, 290-pound sophomore, has 19 tackles, 5.5 for loss, and is the sack leader with 3.5. With three and, a half. and then to round out the group is Markel Fluker, 6'2", 230-pound senior, 11 tackles, 2.5 sacks, which makes him second on the team. And then they have two other players that have two sacks on the season and two players that have one sack. So, um... You know, again, it's definitely probably going going to be a test. Uh, but again, I know UCO is up to the uh, up to the t- t- up to the task here. Again, as I mentioned here, they have definitely already gone through adversity already multiple times during this this season and have responded each and every time. Uh, you, you you definitely have to give to give the credit to uh, to the leadership in the locker room as well as the coaching staff here. Um, you know, especially with 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 a lot of new faces offensively, uh, you know they they have they have seemed to have found their footing. They are improving, um, and I and I think that again the game last Saturday definitely uh, was a step in the right direction, especially from the from the ground game. Uh, you know, again you finally had a you, you finally had a hundred yard rusher. Uh, Clay McClay McKenzie again now is proving that when he has a hole will definitely hit that hole with, with everything he has and, and and again I just can't say enough about the senior leadership here whether that be Clay whether that be Eli Hooks um, you know uh, I mean they're, they're, I mean they're, they're, they're this, this to me this this team will go as far as they want to go I don't think that anything can stop them but them but them them uh but them uh, themselves and uh you know as soon as they can figure out uh and their consistency woes I, I really think that that this team can honestly make a run i mean you're they're three and three now so you figure you, you got you got you got five games left uh you know i i they they can they can make a run i i, I know they can um 
But again, it's just going to uh, boil down to consistency. Uh, can they play at a high level for back-to-back games? Uh, and you know, I, I guess we will. We will uh, hopefully find that out uh, this Saturday as they travel to play Missouri Western. So that's going to do it for this week's uh, episode of the Social Podcast. Uh, next week, we're going to um, begin break down the uh, game against Missouri Western and preview I believe the Washburn game Uh, I think that is a home game and I'm looking forward to again being there providing you with the uh, with the sound bias and the press conference and hopefully another exciting game Uh, I want to to end on a final note here Um, I'm not sure how true this is I have been told that uh, starting wide receiver Nelly Curry is out for the season with that shoulder injury Injury. Uh, if that is the case, um, you know, my, uh, I, I wish uh, I wish Curry a, a speedy recovery, man. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, Curry uh, through those first couple of games, you know, was was pretty much the the only receiver. But you know, thankfully, you got guys like uh, Hall now and Monroe. That are stepping up to assist Dustin Bosk, who again I forget to mention this, but Dustin Bosk uh, is a guy I will have to ask Coach about uh, after that after that that uh, Washburn game because um, you know I, I, I'm just been taking it taking it here for granted that that Dustin Bosk is just doing what he's doing right now, but Dustin Bosk was a guy again that was the fourth option last year. Uh, the man right now. Um, for all intents and for all intents and purposes, has been the go-to guy. I mean, we're talking about a guy here that's having a a career year, uh, quietly too. Um, but you know, I, that that that's the guy I'm definitely gonna gonna, gonna have to ask Coach about because um, again, he, he's having a heck of a season so far. So uh, that's gonna do it. Um, uh, my name is JG Smooth, and I'll talk to you all later. Bye. Have a beautiful time.